Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38 called The Lord Answers Job. There's a story about a man who's sitting at a dinner party somewhere and he says, you know, essentially, I, I think I could run the universe better than God. Ever said that uh, before or thought it before? Hopefully not, right? I think I could be, do a better job, you know. I, I think I can run the universe better than God. I have some pretty clever ideas, some, you know, some new strategies to look at things, you know. But obviously, that's a silly notion, and so girding up one's loins in the ancient world, they wore robes, even men wore robes. And so they would tuck their robe into their belt for freedom of movement. And so essentially, when you break down the Hebrew here, uh, writers will say that what God is saying to Job is, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> it's kind of a wrestler's image or get ready to box. You want, you want an audience with me? Okay, here we go. Ding, ding, ding. And sometimes when we, when we get what we wanted so desperately, we don't realize what we've been asking for. Because now we get to deal with the God of the universe. And he says, Job, you better buckle up because we're going to tussle. And I've got some questions for you since everybody's been asking questions. Well, I've got some questions for you and then you can answer my questions. Now, if you were here the night that Greg Kokel came, he shared with us the book Tactics, an updated version of the book Tactics. Tactics, and it's the idea of using questions and conversation as a spiritual bridge to get to truth. And I was thinking about this after Greg was here that night and thinking about, you know, Jesus did this very thing in using questions. He did it with the religious leaders. He said the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from man? And remember, they huddled up in a little huddle. All right, what are we gonna say? What are we gonna say? Ready, break. We don't know, right? Well, then neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Uh, the Christ, whose son is he, right? He asked another question. They really don't know the answer to the question. And so God has questions of his own, not that he needs the answers, but it is a form of instruction. In fact, you're gonna find the questions are rhetorical and filled with sarcasm or irony from the Lord. Yes, the Lord apparently can be sarcastic. Because when you're God, you're in a category <laughs> all your own, right? So he's gonna ask some questions that seem to be somewhat uh, filled with irony or sarcasm, but there's a reason for it. And here's, you know, a lot of people have questions for God. If you were to think about maybe the last uh, month or so, how many questions do you think people have asked about God or prayed to God. I mean, I have my questions. I'm sure you do as well. There's a website called Got Questions. Ever been to that website? It's a pretty good website. I think it's uh, .org. And uh, it will give you a lot of answers to, and it's a pretty solid website about questions that we have. We have lots of questions. Questions about the problem of evil, etc. The story is recounted uh, Benjamin Jowett, he was the master of Balliol College in Oxford. 
Apparently someone asked him at dinner, Dr. Jowart, we would like to know what your opinion of God is. To which he is said to have replied, I should think it a great impertinence were I to express my opinion about God. The only constant anxiety of my life is to know what God's opinion of me is. I can tell you my opinion about God, but what I really want to know about what makes me anxious, says this man, is what does God think about me? You ever flip that around in a conversation around the coffee maker? What are your thoughts on God? (laughs) Well, you may have some thoughts, but I'm really more interested in what God has to say. Amen? And we have a lot of people who get a little bit spiritual and they think maybe they become somewhat of an expert, but we need to hear what God has to say. And God is going to go right to creation and he's going to really, as he questions Job, And as we open our hearts to this section, he's going to emphasize the bigness of God. The bigness of God, the holiness of God, the grandeur of God is a big part of our healing. I'm going to say that one more time. The bigness of God, the holiness of God, the grandeur of God is going to be a big part of your healing. See, if you stay stuck in your problems and your little circle and your neighborhood and you don't get your eyes off of that, you're gonna be so consumed with your problems that your house is going to metaphorically just tumble in on you. But when you can get your eyes off of yourself and off of your problems and onto the bigness of God, there was a book written, Your God is Too Small. And this is what God is doing for Job. He's going to go into creation His created order, this is question one, verse four. And he starts, where were you (laughs) when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding, this repetition of the idea of understanding. Job, can you claim, you're gonna see this idea in different ways of understanding. Can you claim to know the inner structure of the created, created order? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? And notice the invitation. Tell me if you have understanding. Now, Job was nowhere to be found, number one. Number two, would you notice it, Bible students? God does claim to be the creator of the earth. So I know we have books upon books that are written about where the world came from and was it this process or that process? Was it a big bang? Was the universe always here? Well, God says, I made it. I'm the creator of the heavens and the earth. So if a human being who lives on the planet 60, 80, 100 years and writes a couple of books and does some investigations on some islands, Uh, measuring the length of beaks of particular birdies, and then writes a book, authoritatively speaking. By the way, the man I understand was in seminary prior to this venture, Darwin. So, So you look at that and you say, okay, wow, and people were enamored with it. They're still enamored with it. Evolution, evolution of the species. Right? Sounds scientific until you really break it down. Right? No evidence whatsoever in the fossil record for it. 
everything around us screaming for intelligence and design. And we're standing in a building, none of us believe that the building just flopped into place over millions of years. The light just went. <laughs> and the walls, they were just attracted to one another. Oh, you look like somebody I could hang out with for the next 30 years. Let's mold together, right? The carpet, after arguments about the color, <laughs> rolled out, right? You, you get the meaning, right? See, God says, no, I laid the foundation of the earth. And by the way, Isaiah 44, 24, just write it down for your notes, says he did it all alone. All alone. Now, what does that mean? Well, John 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and by him, and without him, Jesus, the Word. Not one thing would come into being that has come into being. John 1, 1 through 4, in him was life. That life is the light of men. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe. In fact, Colossians 1 calls him the creator and says he holds all things together by the word of his power. Isn't it amazing that the creator died on the cross for you? It's who we're dealing with. This is his love for us. Proverbs 8 says that wisdom was with him. Wisdom is personified in a female, feminine sense. But wisdom is God's know-how. See, God designed the universe. He designed the earth. He designed, I just did a quick internet search. They are now saying there's 8.7 million forms of plants and animals that have been documented on the earth. Let me say that one more time. 8.7 million forms of plants and animals. And things under the sea that are pretty amazing. Have you ever watched those under the, sea, under the sea programs and the different colors and the things that come swimming by and you're like, whoa. And we're gonna get into some uh, creations of God in these chapters where there are scholars that believe these are, these are potentially water dinosaurs or huge creatures that God made. Just think of the power that God has to create something like a whale etc. See, Job was nowhere to be found. He doesn't have the understanding. He wasn't there, but God was there. And God set, verse 5, you could, meet, you could translate this, he traced or drafted or surveyed its, the earth's measurements. Since you know, who stretched, who stretched, New Living Translation, the survey line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Who laid its cornerstones? Four more questions in verses five and six. And you can see the Lord is talking about the earth in verse four. He talks about, he uh, here is illustrated as a architect, as the creator, the one who drew the blueprints for the earth and the one who created the earth and everything in it. That is our God, creator sustainer designer 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. That is our God, creator, sustainer, designer. In Acts 3, verse 15, Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he says, you killed the author of life. The word for author there in Greek is archegos. And there's a word in Revelation 3.14 when it talks about that Jesus is the beginning of God's creation. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Aleph Tav in Hebrew. When it says he's the beginning of the creation of God, Jehovah's Witnesses say, ah, see, that means he had a beginning. That's not what it means. The word beginning is arche, R-A-R-C-H-E, arche. It's where we get the word architect. And so the way to render Revelation 3.14 is that Jesus is not a created being. He's the beginner of the universe. He was there in the beginning. You could say it this way. Before the beginning began (laughs) was the word. Because in the beginning, God did what? He created, Genesis 1.1, the heavens and the earth. God is the master architect, the master chemist, the master architect who set the footings of the earth and laid the cornerstone of the earth. In Israel, they believe that there is the foundation stone there in Jerusalem where God started everything. That's uh, rabbinic conjecture. That's the, I think the rabbis say, you know, there's a foundation stone where it all started there in Israel. Don't know that for sure. Kind of an interesting thing to ponder. But whenever a foundation stone was laid, there was usually some sort of processional and uh, time of praise. And it's interesting that verse 7 says this. When the morning stars sang together, so God's talking about, you know, laying the foundation of the earth, creating everything. When the morning stars sang together, seven, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, what does this mean? Well, it would appear that the angels got to witness creation. Now, the angels are still created beings, and God created the angels for his divine purposes. But the angels got to witness, and here specifically the creation of the earth, 
They got to see it, and then they got to celebrate it. Could you imagine if you had a front row seat with some popcorn for that one? Wow! Oceans and trees and things like that. I mean, I don't know what all that looks like when the Lord's making a planet. But I would imagine there's some power. How many of you like a good power tool? You know, what was the old show with Tim Allen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, power tool. Look what this baby will do. Soup it up. Well, how about God making a planet? You want to talk about power? I mean, you'd have to buckle your seatbelt for that. And when the angels saw him creating the earth, you know what they started doing? They started singing. They started shouting for joy. This is better than watching a football game with your favorite team. They were shouting for joy. The morning stars sang together. That could be uh, uh, the stars personified, perhaps. But the sons of God shouting for joy. In Genesis 6, uh, the majority of scholars believe sons of God there are the angels. And so Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods. His loving kindness is everlasting. Down in verse 5. To him who made the heavens with skill, his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights, his loving kindness is everlasting. The sun to rule by day, his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and stars to rule by night, can you say it? His loving kindness is everlasting. Now, what is God doing for Job? Well, I mentioned to you that I think he's trying to get Job's focus in the right place, back to God. And that is one of my problems when I'm going through difficult stuff, when I have my questions, when I may be going through some personal suffering or maybe suffering because others are suffering. That's where I get stuck. And so God is inviting Job to start to contemplate his power. You say, why? Because Job feels out of control. And isn't that when we feel the most uneasy? Is who's steering <laughs> this car right now? There's a famous quote from a renowned evolutionist. Um, and it was in regard to the 100th anniversary edition of Origin of the Species by Darwin. And he said that um, he's an atheist. And he said he, he has two very deep rooted concerns. He says, if I'm right and there is no God, then we're uh, living on a celestial ball hanging out in the middle of space and nobody's steering. See, that would concern me when I go to sleep at night as an atheist. <laughs> Ain't nobody steering. This all happened because of an explosion. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let's think that one through. All right, second possibility the, this evolutionist said, honestly. He said, if there is a God, the second possibility frightens me because then there's a God and I don't know him. Both possibilities frighten me. Now, there's a solution to the atheist problem. What is that? Come to know the God who's steering. Now, he moves from the earth to the sea in verse 8. He says, 
Who, he continues to ask Job questions, who enclosed the sea with doors? Remember, a lot of this is poetic. When bursting forth, it went out from the womb. When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. And I placed boundaries on it and I set bolt and doors. And I said, 11, thus far you shall come, but no farther. And here shall your proud waves stop. God tells of the majesty of creation pointing now to the power of the sea. The other night, I enjoy watching surfing and I was watching uh, some big wave surfers. You ever seen that big wave surfing? I think some of those waves are up to 70 to 80 feet. And sometimes they, uh, they'll have a helicopter flying out there and they'll get them out to where the waves are and it's this incredible takeoff where you're <laughs> <laughs> and they're going down and some of them don't make it and when that wave crashes on them they uh, if you've watched this before they wear these inflatable um, devices so that the it will take absorb the power of the wave if they go over the falls so to speak and crash and they've had broken backs they've had people drowned and you know the thrill right, the thrill seekers, but when you make it and you get in the tube and and you get out of it, what a thrill. But if it crashes on you, it ain't good. You've been listening to The Lord Answers Job, part two on Walk in Truth. And that's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses one through 24. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on the Apple Music app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, as chapter 38 unfolds, you may be asking the question, is it wrong to question God? Should we never question him? You know, in Psalm 22, Jesus quotes Psalm 22, originally written by David, and says, My God, from the cross, from the place of suffering, my God, why? That's a question. Why have you forsaken me? So that tells me it's legitimate to ask questions, but I think we need to ask maybe the motive of our question. Why are we asking the question? What are we trying to accomplish? And of course, Job 38 and the following sections do reveal that there's some areas that are just simply too much for us, or they belong to God, and maybe even in the unfathomable categories of mysteries for us that only belong to God. And we surely need wisdom to know the difference between the two. But I think when we're honestly struggling, even if we don't voice it, God knows we're struggling, so I think it's legitimate to say, Father, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what you're doing to ask questions like why. But then again, as Job did to find our answers in God's face in the gospel, which is what we've been talking about all along in the book of Job. We do have the problem of evil, but we have the power, the answer of the gospel. And speaking of the gospel, if you've not trusted in Jesus, who is really He is the gospel. He is the good news. His uh, sinless life, his 
sacrificial death, his triumphant resurrection, his ascension into heaven, his current ministry to us, our great high priest who intercedes for us, the greater Job, helping us when we go through our Job-like experiences, or at least at least what we would consider them, in quotes, our Job-like experiences, because surely we probably haven't gone through something as bad as Job for most of us. I pray that you'll reach out to the answer. His name is Jesus. He is the God who made us, the God who entered into our pain, the God who loves us, and the God who will ultimately restore everything back to us. Yes, it's true. Just like Job got everything restored back to him, well, it's even going to be better because everything's going to be restored back to us in the new heaven and the new earth, and righteousness will reign. Praise the Lord. Death will be no more. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. So glad you're listening. So glad you're on board with us for the book of Job. I pray it's been an insightful blessing for you. pray you've been encouraged. And I pray that you'd invite a friend to listen. We're so glad that you're part of our family and our team. Thank you for those of you who pray for us. Please continue to pray for us. That we'll continue to do what God's called us to do. And we will see you right here next time on The Lord Answers Job. See you then. And just a reminder, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events as well. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 24, called The Lord Answers Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.